Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radios. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Thursday, April 22nd. And if you're a regular listener to SWAT Radio, you know Thursday is usually our guest day. And I'm excited to have a good friend and a longtime friend uh, and a, also a very wise friend, uh, Randy Schrader from Ron Blue and Company. I don't even know if it's still called Ron Blue and Company, but it used to be when I knew him and I'll get him to clarify that randy is a guy who has served on our ministry board uh at his light ministries uh we i met randy at cypress bible church years ago when i was in uh, houston texas and he has been a a great friend he and stacy and we just uh, love their family and he helps people with financial decisions and planning and uh it's funny because we had a great conversation i'll share a little while uh, years ago that I was just talking to him about the other day. And, uh, and now here we are 20 years later and we look at some of those thoughts we had, and I hope that you can benefit from same, some of the same wisdom and questions that we, uh, were talking about years ago. So Randy, welcome to SWAT radio. Hey, Doug, it's good to be with you. Looking forward to it. How are things out in Houston? Well, you know, we, um, we had a, pretty rough time a few weeks ago with uh, that big ice storm snowstorm that hit and uh stacy and i spent about two days in the in the house without any electricity and got down to about 50 degrees inside and uh but we <laughs> we made it through and now it's in the rearview mirror yeah it, it was pretty rough on you in fact i remember one of our, our mutual friends ed thomas kind of had to be evacuated with his wife Wanda by his son because they were the same way. Their house temperature got down into the 40s. And, you know, Randy, a lot of people have lost sight of that that because life just blows by so fast and news stories come so fast that uh, people forget there's still people probably still reeling from flood damage and other stuff that happened two weeks ago. So that's a good reminder for us just to uh, pray for our brothers and sisters out in Texas who still may be uh, struggling with some of that. So, Randy, are you with Ron Blue and Company? Is that what it's called now? Is it is it still Ron Blue? Or? So, good good memory. Uh, that is what we used to be called. Three years ago, um, we merged with underneath a much larger company, Thrivent Financial. Um, they are a Fortune 300 uh, company, but they're also faith-based like we are. And um, and so we changed our name slightly at that point to Ronald Blue Trust because we became a trust company and we picked up trust powers so where we can serve as trustee of our clients' um, trust for their kids and grandkids in addition to the financial planning, the investment management, the estate planning, all the comprehensive things that we do. Well, you and I have known each other for quite a while, and we've watched kind of our families grow up. And uh, I can remember I was sharing just uh, earlier about a conversation we had. I can remember sitting in a restaurant with you talking about our kids' college and how we're going to do that financially and some of the the, the concerns that we have about that. Now we have adult children and grandchildren 
And that creates its own um, issues of finances. And, and maybe you start to see in your kids things that you wish you would have taught them. Do you ever think back about that in your own life, about wishing as you see your kids grow up and now they have their kids, maybe you would have had some more conversations with them about finances? Yeah, no, it's, you know, you would think me being a financial advisor that I I would have done it perfectly, right? And uh, had, had all the right, perfect conversations. But in fact, I look back and think, wow, you know, I... Um, I wish I, I would have done some things different. And, uh, um, and you know, it's just you, you don't know what you don't know um, whenever your kids are growing up. And it's just it's impossible to do it right, to do it, you know, perfectly. Um, but you know what? That's the blessing of being grandparents is that we get another <laughs> chance to have a say. We get do-overs with the grandkids, right? We get to speak into their lives. Uh, that's it. That's so true. Well, you know, well, Randy, you have always been one of those men in my life that I feel like uh, God has blessed with wisdom, which is knowledge through experience and making good decisions. And, um, and specifically in the relation to finances. And as you think about what you've helped people with, because I know you've helped many people over the years, I, I would like for you to share with our listeners maybe some things or conversations they might want to have because it's, we live, you know, when we think about our kids, they grew up in a different age. And now a lot of our kids, they've grown up getting their own information uh, on whether it's finances or spirituality, whatever. They go to the Internet and they get a lot of that. Uh, talk a little bit about the value of relationships when you especially have financial questions and you deal with people on financial issues. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great thought. Um, you know, so it was, it was about three years ago that, that I decided that I, Stacy and I needed to have some more intentional, uh, conversations with our kids about money. And, and so we took off and went, uh, went to Park City, Utah on a vacation with our three kids that were, that our kids are now 33, 31, and 29. And two of the three are married and their spouses came with them to on this family vacation. And so I set up three conversations that I wanted to have over this long weekend and one Friday night, one Saturday night, one Sunday morning. And, you know, I, I do this type of thing with my clients, and I encourage them to have family conversations uh, about money. Money is one of those converse topics that families oftentimes just struggle to talk about. And, um, and, and so I guess one of the things that I think would be, might be helpful for your listeners is to, to just hear, okay, what, what are those three conversations that uh, that we had, and how did that go? Hey, hey, real quick, before you go in there, let me ask you this. For the people that are out there listening that go, well, you know what? Um, God says in Matthew that we just seek first his kingdom, 
and everything else will take care of itself. We don't really need to be concerned about finances or money. Uh, we just let God handle it. What do you say to the person like that? Because there seems to be two extremes. One, people that all they live for is money, and people like me a lot of times who have uh, almost no planning for money. And does the Bible speak about uh, finances at all? You know, probably the verse that grabbed my attention and heart strongest 30 years ago, whenever I went into the, went to work for Ronald Blue, that motivated me to go to work there um, and to try and help clients is Luke 16 that says, if, if you have not been faithful in the use of money, God will not entrust true riches to you. Mm. So there's something out there called true riches that's way beyond money. Mm-hmm. And it it is something that I think, honestly, we all want. Whatever it is, we want it. And, and so, but money is a portal to pass through, to cross through in order to get to that. And I think it's because money reflects our heart. And, and it's the place where we have a tendency to love money instead of loving God. Mm. And, and so it's money is a huge issue in that same chapter. It says you can't love God and money. So money just got elevated to the top of the list of Mm. all things that are going to compete for your love. And, and we know that the great commandment is that the greatest of all commandments is to love God. Mm. So if, if money is, has the potential of being the greatest risk to me accomplishing the greatest commandment and what we do with money and how we talk about it is huge. Well, and I think there's, there's probably close to two or 3000 verses in the Bible, right? About finances anyway. Um, 2300. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of God's word. (laughs) that addresses that. So, so tell us about money stories. You had these three conversations you wanted to have. So, so how did it go? How did it start? And what, how did you kind of open it up with your kids? Yeah. So that first night I I started talking to them about this idea that what we experience during our childhood um, affects us relative to money for the rest of our life, oftentimes. And so one of the questions I'd never asked my kids was, what is your earliest memory of money? Um, and, and what do you recall learning about money from mom and I? And, and, and it was, it was fascinating and, and encouraging because they shared some things that they had learned that I don't remember specifically teaching them, but you know, and, and so it's really two categories. It's things that your parents may have said to you about money. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's, they didn't say anything. They just lived it and you watched their uh, money story, their, their way of handling money. And, and it marked you. One young girl 
about 30 years old that I was talking and asking this group to consider what is your money story. And this, she's not one of my daughters, but, um, I said, you know, tell me what, what, what was your, what's your money story? What actually occurred? And she said, well, when I was 16, my mom made me get a job and said that she would be the bank and I had to give her all my money. And that when I turned 18, um, she'd give it back to me. So everything went great until 18. And I said, okay, mom, I'm ready for my money. And her mom said, yeah, I don't have that. I, I had to spend it on emergency. And so I asked, so what conclusion do you feel like you may have drawn from that experience? What meaning did you assign to that experience? What impact did that have on you? And and she said, you know, what I am just now today realizing as you're walking me through this is, is that that's one of the main reasons why I struggle to save money because I just subconsciously believe that it's stupid to save money because somebody is just going to take it from you. Mm. And, and so we have all kinds of those things that happened to us in the past that you know, or it could be that your mom and dad got a divorce when you were 10 years old and they fought about money mm -hmm. left and right. And so that feels like now when you and your wife or husband fight about money, that it's just the first step leading down that same path. And all of a sudden that can cause all kinds of anxiety in you to even talk about money with your spouse because you see ah it's just going to lead to conflict and then divorce so you just clamp down shut it up and don't even talk about it mm -hmm. so that first night you know i i shared with them my money story of how my dad taught me two things mm -hmm. the first one was that you need to save spend less than you make and he specified that as and you need to save 10% of everything you make and um, and then he also modeled um, that you need to track where it goes. You need to write it down. You need to keep track of where you spend it so that you know if you're saving, if you're spending less than you make. Mm -hmm. And and so I thought, wow, man, this is beautiful. Um, he's he's given me, you know, the the keys to financial success and until my mom showed up when I'm 22 years old and says, Hey, Randy, you know how your dad tracks every penny he spends? And you know how he makes me track every penny I spend? If you get married and do that to your wife, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was confused. I thought, well, now, wait a minute. I thought that everything I learned from dad was setting me up for a beautiful future and and all of a sudden i realized okay this whole money thing is more complicated than i realized and I, i'm gonna have to be wise in my understanding of how to manage money um if i'm gonna be able to live in a marriage um in this um so i just asked my kids you know what what's your what's your money story what what did you learn growing up in our in our house in our family what did you see what did you hear and what did you take away
from it. And, and then I also asked my, my, my two son-in-laws that were in the meeting, which, you know, I didn't, I knew a lot less about their story. Um, and so it was eye-opening to get to hear them talk openly about what their uh, money story was. Mm. Um, fascinating first night to open it up. So we didn't get into, you know, a lot of detail. It was more of a dialogue. Yeah. You know, Randy, as I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about my own dad and my mom and dad listen to the program in Mississippi. Uh, they listen almost every day. And I, I watched my mom and dad, they grew up and they grew up during the depression era, just right after the, the great depression of 1929. And, um, they were savers and they, were very very good at saving but i also watched them deal with things like kind of like that first story you shared where they saved and some bad things happened to the money that and it wasn't their fault it was just a thing that happened and i i i see in my life this willingness to just live for today kind of mentality and until you shared that i never really attributed that to that but i bet that had some impact on it just watching what happened with them because they were such savers and they put that money aside and uh, they still save to this day. And it's a good thing to save, but I also agree with you. It's a balance. So I I'm, I'm so encouraged by those questions though, to talk to our kids. So real quick, as you share your stories, let's say you've got teenagers at home and, and you've got one, one who's a tracker. <laughs> she keeps track of everything other who's a spender she spends everything how how do you i mean because all you can do is give them information right they ultimately choose but how do you help them kind of find balance there to the one who's the spender to learn how to save and the one who's the tracker to learn how to spend a little bit does it, do you understand that yeah, question yeah. yeah no that's a that's a great question and you know i think the the you know the the tendency for for most parents in that situation is we have a very narrow um, objective that we're trying to drive toward, and so if we tend to be a saver, then we tend to look at that kid that's saving and affirm and encourage and uh, and reward them and hold them up on a pedestal because they're like us, mm-hmm. which then ends up starting to look like more criticism and disapproval of the other child that's the spender. Yes. It's not like us. Well, isn't that easy to fall and into? Oh, it's easy to fall into that because, so yeah. And so, but, but it, it's so uh, frustrating to, uh, to, to want to help them. Uh, and so I'm just wondering, how did you, how did you deal with that in your family, even when they were teenagers? Did you address that, or did you try to help them with some things? Were there any pointers or things that you could point to? Yeah, so so, so for the first thing is to just be real clear and honest about the fact that both of those have upsides and downsides. And so... So for the one who's a saver, then you need to talk about, and, and I would talk about the um, the biblical principle of don't lay up 
treasure in in on earth where moth and rust destroy, but lay up treasure in heaven, and that you can actually save too much. Okay. You know, don't build you know don't build bigger barns, uh, just uh, hoarding money, but you know be be generous. So for the for the saver, you know they they need to be thinking about um, giving, mm-hmm. and and because they tend to close their hand around the money mm-hmm. and like the security that comes from from saving it. And so they are going to have a tendency to need to be encouraged to be generous and give. And so that's when you want to be thinking about, okay, what are the things that I can open their eyes to that they could give to that, that could grab their heart. So for instance, when our kids were 15, 13, 11, we went to Zambia on our first mission trip. Um, and it captured the heart of our kids to see these orphans in Zambia. Mm-hmm. And so it makes for the, for the kids that are savers, it makes them realize, wow, you know, I, I need to be generous and help these folks help, help these other kids over in Zambia. I, I can't just hoard all this money. And, uh, and so that, you know, that's an idea of, you know, if someone is just bent on saving, if somebody is, is bent on spending on the other side, you know, then, you know, it's, it's helpful to, uh, you know, talk about there's precious treasures is Proverbs 22. There's precious treasure in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spends it all up. And mm-hmm. so if, if a kid has a tendency to, to just spend everything, um, then you can guide them toward the verses that help, help them be a little bit more uh, disciplined in that way. And then also show them some practical tools like the time value of money. You know, there's some charts that we use that shows compounding over 40 years, how you can save $40,000 over 40 years, $1,000 a year, and it can grow to be a million dollars because of the compounding. (laughs) That's crazy, isn't it? Over time. (laughs) It is. And and it's because if you don't, if you don't know those kind of things, sometimes saving, you know, $25 a week just doesn't feel like it'll ever amount to anything. But when you look at it and say, no, it's, that's a thousand dollars a year, that, that $25 decision that you're making every week is a million dollar decision over your lifetime. Yeah. And, that's... and so to help, to, to help that child see it from that angle is, can be really eye opening. Well, uh, you, I, if, let me just ask you this because I, I just, uh, was thinking if somebody wanted to get help with their finances, let's say somebody's listening and we're going to come back to the conversation because I want to hear about God's wisdom, how, how you got into that, that section on Saturday night. And I also want to hear you, uh, how, how you talked with them about when you're not here. Um, but before we, we have a hard break on the half hour, if somebody wanted help, uh, let's say they've inherited a lot of money or let's say they, uh, they work hard and they've saved a lot of money and they've just been afraid to do anything with it because 
everything going on in our world. Uh, and they wanted to reach out to you or somebody like you. Are you guys, do y'all have branches all over? Or are you just in Houston? So we're headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, and we have 15 branches around the country. And, um, and so the easiest thing to do is just go on the internet to ronblue.com, R-O-N-B-L-U-E, ronblue.com. And, uh, and you can see all of the, uh, the different things that we do. You can hear, watch some video clips of how we do it. And then you can also request somebody in your region of the country to reach out to you. And Ron Blue, again, this the everybody, I think everybody that works there is a believer in Christ, right? That, isn't that right. Tr- true? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We have about 400 people uh, spread across the country. And as far as as far as we can tell, as far as we know, that because we openly, well, you'll see on our website, we openly look at everything through a biblical grid and a biblical worldview. So we have to hire people that have that same worldview. Yeah, that's and that's really important. Again, that's ronblue.com, and uh, you can email them and ask them for somebody to get in touch with you. Well, Randy, we're going to have to take a, a, a break for about a minute, uh, to do the uh, the thing but we we still got one minute uh you you shared one thing and some of the stuff that you had sent me because i asked you to uh about some questions about this and you said that uh there was a scripture that you felt some regret that you didn't teach your children real quick first timothy 6 9 and 10 those who desire to be rich fall into temptation can you just in a minute give me well i hear the music already can you think about that and lead in with that when we come back off the break? We'll do. All right. Yeah. First Timothy six, nine and 10. I'm going to read it. So our listeners can hear those who desire to be rich, fall into temptation and do a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith pierce himself with pangs but as for you O man of god flee these things we're going to be right back and randy is going to share about that uh he is my guest today randy schrader of ron blue uh now uh owned by thrivent and uh he's going to share some more wisdom about talking to our adult kids about money you're listening to swat radio we'll be right back after the news This is Doug McCurry of SWAT Radio. I'm glad to have you joining us on this Thursday, April 22nd. I want to give a quick shout-out to our listeners up uh, on the Lighthouse in uh, Virginia and Meridian, Mississippi on WMER up in Folkestone, Georgia on 91.3 FM, St. Augustine 91.9 and in Jacksonville 91.7 and our SWAT Radio app listeners and those listening that are streaming through the Internet. We're so glad you could join us today. Uh, with my guest 
and friend, Randy Schrader. Uh, even though he went to the University of Texas, he's still a friend uh, uh, <laughs> up in Austin. No, Andy, uh, Randy went to uh, UT, and he is a good golfing guy, too, to be out on the golf course. He and I played lots of golf together and uh, had lots of good conversations, and he was a great board member and friend uh, of accountability. And, Randy, you know, I, I really do appreciate you, – you didn't just serve on my board. You've served on lots of boards. You're on a board now called Every Village, and you also serve on the National Christian Foundation in Houston. And uh, just thank you for your service. I know you do a lot with Kingdom Advisors, too. And uh, just thank you for your ministry. I appreciate so much. You're, you're always there if I had a question or called you about stuff and – and I know that that means a lot to all these other ministries as well. So thank you. And thanks for being with us today, sharing some time. Mm, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, I, I wish we were in the same, uh, same city, uh, still, uh, but, uh, it's, it's always fun to reconnect with you. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, before we went out, uh, and just as a quick recap, Randy was talking about, if you're just joining us, you're listening to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And Randy Schrader works with Ron Blue and uh, companies called the Ronald Blue Trust now. And uh, he, he helps people and has been helping people with uh, finances and financial planning. And he was telling about talking to adult children and sharing First of all, money stories, and I loved how he started off with questions. What's your earliest memory of uh, money? Uh, what did you learn about money in childhood? What did you take away? Great conversation uh, questions to ask your children and hearing them respond to it. But in uh, those conversations, he also uh, covered a, a question about things that maybe he regretted or was there a scripture that he might have felt some regret over and he said, First Timothy 6, 9, and 10, I read it before we went to the break, but the bottom line, just a quick paraphrase, is if you're seeking money, it's going to it's gonna open up all kinds of evil and it's going to take you away. And, and as a people of God, we should flee these things. And you said that you might have missed that opportunity um, to really share that. Or What do you mean by that, Rand? Ryan? Well, so, you know, since I, I believe deeply that Jesus's primary command for us is the great commandment, uh, Matthew 22, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. And, and, and since I believe that Luke 16 says you can't love God and money, um, I I mentioned those things to my kids growing up, that loving God should be the focus and loving money uh, is is a, a real temptation. But what I realized now that I didn't do was to really highlight, you know, what the stakes are, because that verse that you just read in First Timothy 6, it, it's pretty eye-opening to say that, you know what, if if you love money, that you are opening yourself up to wander away from the faith, pierce yourselves with many pangs, and, um, and he, he calls it 
a snare, senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. I mean, so we should have, our kids should have, now my grandkids, I have three grandkids, nine, six, and three. Wow. And um, I'm loving having conversations with them about money now. And I don't want to scare them to death with this temptate with this verse. Um, but I just, they, they need to know that the temptation, the, the, the strategy of the enemy is to make us all and our kids love money, pursue it with all of our heart. And, and, and there's just a huge risk there that, um, We've just got to warn one another and, and even warn our, ourselves. You know, I, I'm, I'm okay with you calling me up, Doug, and saying, hey, Randy, how, how are you doing at, um, you know, avoiding uh, loving money? You know, even at 62, I need to be reminded that I could be tempted. I can. I am mm-hmm. uh, tempted. It's a lifelong process but man start out when they're young yeah that that you bring up a good point so they're nine six and three obviously when you talk to a nine and six year old that's a very different conversation than with a 16 year old which is very different than a 25 year old so talk just a real quick randy how do you talk to your grandchildren about it i mean like i mean because the how do they have do you help them understand what i mean they know money they know money buys things how do you i just am curious to how you interact with them about that concept so <clears throat> there's two really overarching big principles one is more of a spiritual truth and one is more of a practical truth but if you had to boil it down and just say i would like to embed two principles into my grandkids this is what I would encourage you to embed. The first one is comes out of Psalm 24, verse 1, the, the, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is his. So, therefore, we, can, we know from that and other verses that our money is actually not ours. It's actually God's, and we are stewards. So, therefore, we should be asking ourselves the question, God, what do you want me to do with your money? Mm-hmm. So I talk to my nine-year-old, and, you know, I'll invite him over to my house, and I'll say, hey, um, Caleb, would you like to make some money helping me around the house in the backyard? There's some things that I, I need to do, and if you'll help me, I'll pay you. And so we'll work outside for an hour or two, and I'll pay him 5 or $10, um, you know, for helping me. And then when I get done, I'll say, so, Caleb, the good news is you just made $5. The bad news is it isn't yours. <laughs> and I'll joke with him a little bit about it. <laughs> and I'll say, well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that our, our money is not ours. It's God. So, therefore, what is it that we should do with it? Well, that leads to the second principle that I would say teach your kids, which is spend less than you make. Mm. And and uh, if you can teach a uh, a kid that no matter what they make, they need to spend less than they make, they'll never grow into credit card debt, and they'll always 
be able to save for the future and give. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I, I set him up with three buckets, and I'll say, give, save, spend. This $5 that I just gave you, Caleb, there's three things that I think would be really good for you to do with it. Give some of it, save some of it, and spend some of it. And that way it it, it, it gives him the bigger picture of the heart of God. Mm-hmm. That God has a God has a heart for all three of those things. God actually likes you to save some money. He, he actually likes you to spend some of it, mm-hmm. and he also he actually likes you to to give some of it. It's mm-hmm. all part of His heart, and it's all part of how we generally want to be managing God's money. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then you know, I'll. Uh, I'll just ask him periodically. So how much money do you have in your savings bank at home? And I, I gave him a bank, a little piggy bank, but it's a three compartment piggy bank that has give, save, spend. Mm-hmm. And that therefore it reinforces those three different principles and teaches them um, that they need to spend less than they make. So did you have a good conversation then with your adult kids out in Utah about this particular issue, about God loving God versus loving money, what that looks like in, in everyday life? Yeah, yeah, uh, we really did. It was probably the of the three conversations, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, it was probably the highlight of the three Um, um you know, it was, there was some really transparent sharing um, around this struggle because I just asked some a, a general question to them. I framed it up for them, and then I just asked the question, what, what tension do you feel in this battle to love God versus love money? Because we all do. We all feel some tension um, in that. And, um, and so, you know, one of my son-in-law said, you know, I, I really realized that um, I, I went into law school solely because I wanted to make a lot of money. It was all, all about money. And he was very, very vulnerable about that. And, and, and then also very vulnerable of just saying, you know, I really, I don't want my life to be about all about making money and maximizing that and loving money. And so it, it was, uh, it was just rich, rich, uh, conversation. And I shared with them my own struggle, you know, of how, when I was in my twenties, my first job in banking, you know, I'd get a raise and I just was thrilled. I just thought, wow, this is so good, man. I've got this, 10, 15% raise. I've got more money in it. I just felt on the top of the world. And within a month, that feeling was gone. Mm. And I was starting to look down the road to the next raise. And, and I could start to see, oh, wow, this is a, this is a, a love of money track I'm on. Mm-hmm. And yet this money, it's like Solomon, the rich, one of the richest men that's ever lived said in Ecclesiastes 5, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money. 
And I tasted that in my 20s. And, uh, and, and that helped me, you know, as I started out my career to go, wow, this money doesn't really do for me what I thought it would and what I hoped it would. Hmm. So we, we talked, talked about each of our stories of love and money. And I think there's value in that just for them to hear that you struggle with it too, that it's not that you've got it all figured out. Um, yeah. But you know, Randy, and I, I, and I, I, in your career field, what you do, your ministry there to people at Ron Blue Trust, are you noticing a trend that uh, I, t- I think I've seen or witnessed? Lori and I were talking about this the other day. Young people today are making tremendously more money in their initial employment than we did when we grew up. And it's not just for inflation. I mean, like their, their houses, their mm-hmm. th- everything. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my children. I'm looking at my friend's children and I don't know where they go from here because they're still young. And when you start off with what they have, it's just mind blowing to me. Or do you see that too? And what you're dealing with and Ron blue trust and, and helping people think through stuff or, or am I just seeing a small part that doesn't really represent what's going on in the rest of the world? Well, it's, it's a pretty mixed uh, bag of what's going on out there. I mean, there are um, a lot of young people that are struggling to um, find jobs, get jobs and, and make good money. And, um, and yet those that come out of college with a, a good degree, um, you know, it, it is pretty amazing, um, you know, and, and lawyers coming out of school, starting them out at, you know, almost 200,000. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it's insane. <laughs> the kind of money they're making right out of college that, that was yeah. very different 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And, and so, um, yeah. so when you deal with that, are there other resources out there, uh, that I know you had, uh, mentioned in uh, the stuff you sent me, Randy Alcorn's book, which I love the treasure principle. I've never read Russ Croson's book. Oh, is that a good book? Your money made simple. It, it is. It's yeah. It's called your money made simple. Uh, Russ Croson has worked at our company for over 40 years and, uh, he's written, uh, several books on, on money. And, uh, it's just, it's a very straightforward book all built around those two principles that I shared of God owns it all. And you need to spend less than you make. And he helps you to think through, okay, what kind of a structure and a system do you need to use in order to, um, make spend less than you make. And, uh, and so, Great book, and Randy Alcorn is just an amazing author. Uh, the Treasure Principle will blow you away in terms of, you know, you can't take this famous line in there is you can't take it with you when you die, but you can send it on ahead. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I love it. Well, well, that so so you go through that part on Saturday, and then Sunday, the last conversation you have is life without mom and dad. Now that just sounds like a, a fun, a fun conversation to have with your kids. I bet that was pretty somber, wasn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I tried to uh, depress him a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but you know what? What we like to say at Ronald Blue Trust is that there will be a family meeting to discuss your will and your assets and your liabilities. The only question is, are you going to be there at that meeting? <laughs> yeah. In other words, do it before you're gone, right? Not. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you otherwise, you're going to be your kids are going to be sitting at a uh, conference table with a lawyer going through your will, and they're going to be they're going to have questions that they wish they could ask you and they wish you were there to answer and it's too late. Hmm. So that's one of the things that we love to do is just to encourage family dialogue about your actual estate plan. Hmm. In other words, if mom and dad die, who's going to be the executor? Hmm. And if, if, if when we die, um, does the money that we live be- leave behind, does it go outright to the kids or does it go into a trust? You know, because I'm, I work for a company that has trust powers. I told my kids, Hey, you know, if you guys, if we died tomorrow, Ronald blue trust would be the trustee of the trust that is set up for you. But by the time you're 35, you're going to be able to be co-trustee with them and then down the road, sole trustee. And, um, and they're going to help coach you and they're going to, they're going to help you along the way. Mm. So that just gave them, um, you know, kind of an expectation. And I also told them, and I, and I also want you to know that we're giving a substantial amount of money to the kingdom, mm. to, to a charity when out of our state, not everything is going to go to y'all. Um, and uh, you're going to get the bulk of it. You're going to get, you know, more than charity will. But you, you guys know our heart for the kingdom of God, and we want you to have that heart, and uh, we want to encourage that. And so part of this money that we're putting, we're going to put it into a donor advised fund. That um, if, if y'all are, if any of the listeners are interested, go to National Christian Foundation. And uh, Google National Christian Foundation, and they have these things called donor advised funds. And you can set it up in your will that says, if I die, I put X dollars into an account at the National Christian Foundation, and my kids then get to give that money away. Or you can designate where you want it to go. But I think it's kind of it encourages passing generosity down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. If you set up, it's like setting up your own private foundation, but unless you have a, unless you're putting a million dollars or more into a foundation, you don't want to mess with all the paperwork and cost and money and time of a private foundation. Just do it into a donor advice fund. It's the same concept, but it's, uh, it's just so much more efficient. And then your kids um, have to work together to give that money away. Or you can set it up into where if you have three kids, each one of the three has their own separate donor advised fund and they give that money away. So, so is there a minimum amount for that, Randy, uh, for people want to get in touch with the national Christian foundation and set up one of those? Is there a minimum like deposit amount to set that up? You, You know, there's really not, um, you know, most, I would say most people don't, um, don't do it unless they're going to, you know, fund it with, um, with at least $20,000 or, or more. But, 
Um, but there, there's no hard and fast rule uh, on that. There's just there's just some minor fees that go along with it, and if you have too small of an account, that then the minimum fees tend to eat into it. I got you, but there's but but that's something that's not a one and done deposit. You can make annual deposits to that too, right? I use it. I use it for my the majority of all my charitable giving mm-hmm. while I'm alive. It's not just something you do at your death, mm-hmm. um, because. When I make a donation to the National Christian Foundation, my donor advice fund, I get a tax write-off for making the gift to NCF. And then it sits in my giving fund, and then I can give it away whenever I want to. Especially for those of you who have bonuses at the end of the year, and you want to give 10, 20, 30% of that bonus away, but you don't know where you want to give it to, Go ahead and put it into a donor advice fund before December 31st and get the tax write-off this year, and then it'll sit in that donor advice fund, and then you can give it away to the ministries whenever you're ready. Hmm. It's a it's a powerful, beautiful tool. Yeah, that's a National uh, Christian Foundation. Mm-hmm. And and right. and just go to you can you can they they have a website they're very well known they're, in fact they have they're in Jacksonville too they've got one in Houston they're all over and uh, it's National Christian Foundation and uh, Randy as you had that conversation about passing and talking about finances did you get into issues like uh, what the next ten to fifteen years what would happen if maybe you were come down with some medical condition that made you you know unable to really communicate your intentions did you talk about those kind of things as well with your kids yeah yeah that um that's that's a whole separate conversation that uh that we jumped into a little bit Mm -hmm. and and we're going to continue to have conversations uh about that but you know it's it's asking those kind of questions of well you know, let's say uh, Randy dies and Stacy's alive and she's 85 years old and she, um, you know, can't take care of herself. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, what what does Stacy want to happen? What what would she prefer to do? Um, and uh, and and what are her thoughts about end of life kinds of, of decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just letting them know, hey, we've got a power of attorney that, you know, if if we uh, become incapacitated at some point, that'll give you guys the authority to be able to handle our finances and our health care decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of good conversations like that. Um, plus, the kids always have questions, um, you know, that the, in this kind of a family conversation, uh you know, they, they have questions that they would like to ask, you know, like, hey, by the way, who's going to get the uh, <laughs> yeah. grandma's piano? Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing that already. Am I going to get this? I want I want your Bible. I want this Bible. I want this book. I want this, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I get that. Well, Randy, we're, we are running quickly out of time. We have just a couple of minutes left. And one question that might be going through people's minds as you've shared these things, these conversations, again, just a reminder, Randy got away with his adult kids 
and had conversations about money, uh, called money stories, wisdom from God and, and like, like loving God more than money. And then life without mom and dad were the three topics, one for each night. Uh, is this something most people can just do on their own? Uh, or, or, you know what I'm saying? Is that something that we can just yeah, facilitate yeah. ourselves? No, that's a great question. You know, I think um, most people need a little bit of help um, with this, and um, you know it. There, but it is there are a lot of people that could do this themselves. Um, you know, it, it's when you when you're thinking about what do you want um, to. Don't view this as a a one and done weekend. You know, to where this is the only time you're ever going to talk about money, mm-hmm. um, and. And so, therefore, you can kind of go into it. And, and so maybe you don't need any help to start with. Maybe the first time you do this is you you do it, and it's not a full weekend like the way I did it, in three conversations. For some of you, I know that feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, you know, after you finish, um, you know, your Christmas lunch, just say, hey, Mom and I are thinking about having – a weekend retreat or a family vacation and and talking about money and um and so we just you know wanted to let you know maybe we're thinking six months from now we would have a a trip and so just wondering what would you like to talk about um and you know just kind of ease the conversation in slowly well hey randy uh, somebody needs help then we can help yeah with those kind of family meetings i, I want to uh thank you for giving us a whole hour again and i want to let people know ronblue.com for the ron blue trust you can uh, get more information about financial planning if you would like to listen to this or share this great information today two big takeaways for me god owns it all spend less than you make uh randy schrader of ron blue trust thank you randy so much uh, you can listen to this at SWATradio.com, SWATradio.com. Click on past programs. We'll be back tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on past shows where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual